This is The Memory Palace. I'm Nate DeMeo. The phrase horrible death has appeared 705 times in the pages of the New York Times since 1851. The phrase shows up in 101 headlines, all but seven of them appearing before 1900. One can safely assume that this mirrors a general waning of the popularity of the phrase, but it also seems to point to a similarly faded inclination among the various editors of the Times to write articles that highlight deaths. What follows is an account of five of those deaths. On December 9, 1888, Michael Liskey was working an overnight shift in a coal-breaking plant in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. The immense steel cogs that they used to break down the coal got jammed. Liskey reached in to clear it. His shirt got snagged and he was pulled between the cogs and crushed into what the Times described as a mass. Scott Thomas spends his days pouring molten metal at a foundry on 12th and Payne Streets in St. Louis. On October 28, 1893, a cable snapped and 10,000 pounds of molten iron cascaded over him, burning him to death or drowning him. It's hard to know which. Frank Hamilton was a resident at the Ohio Institute for the Deaf and Dumb in Waynesburg in Stark County. On Thursday morning, October 11, 1886, an attendant placed Hamilton in a bath and turned on what he thought was the cold water. And he left the room. It turned out it was the hot water. And since Hamilton couldn't speak, he couldn't cry out. He died three days later. He was seven years old. In late September of 1870, George Arthur Gardner of Manhattan was in Boston on business, and he had a toothache. A cousin sent him to his dentist for a filling. For a brief time, and unfortunately for Mr. Gardner, this was during that time, dentists put a dash of arsenic in the filling to kill the nerves. The Times reporter wrote that over the next two weeks, no man ever died such a horrible death as Gardner. The death included incredible swelling of the face and a terrible smell. When he finally succumbed, every bit of tissue, every connection between his head and neck, except the spine, had been completely eaten through by gangrene. They stopped putting arsenic in fillings after that. Two months after he emigrated from Russia, Frank Genser was working at the J.B. King Plaster Works in Staten Island. He'd wait inside for bags of plaster to be filled and sewn up, and then he'd cart them outside to the docks for shipping. That'd be the best job in the place. If you're spending 14 hours a day in the thick of summer on Staten Island inside, plaster hardening as it clings to the bronchioles of your lungs and the hair inside your nose, the carters got to at least get out into the sea air every now and then. On July 19, 1907, Genser was catching a nap behind a pile of empty bags. As a joke, one of the other workers tied a rope to one of his legs and an arm, and then threw the other end of the rope around this machine that circled eight feet above the floor moving filled bags from one part of the plasterworks to another. The machine pulled Genser into the air, and it wrenched his arm and leg from his body and sent the rest of him crashing to the floor. His hand apparently held onto the rope in a death grip as the machine continued to circle above. Frank Genser was 35 years old. His wife and four children were en route to the United States. He had made enough money at the plant to send for them. 